Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, my amazing princess in the beers. Now, if you're new to this show, definitely this is a different type of episode. Um, It's a little bit more raw and real and vulnerable. So there are other episodes that are definitely way more sparkly. But this episode, I'm just, I never hyper edit myself. And I started recording this episode of, you know, similar to last year when I recorded the 32 lessons that I've learned through 32 years on this planet. And honestly, I started crying. And I don't know if anybody else has this and and totally DM me and let me know if you experience this. But like right before my birthday, I always get very pensive. And it's actually a period of really deep healing, forgiveness, letting go, awareness, recommitment, renewal. And once my birthday passes, like invariably, it always happens. Like it always happens where right after my birthday, I'm like, okay, cool. Recommitted the whole vision. Like, let's go. But in the weeks before, I it used to be weeks. Now it's like days. I think it's probably because I'm living way more on purpose than in the past. But I wanted to come on and just share a few things that I've learned. Maybe we'll get to all 33 and just come at this place from a very, very raw, vulnerable place of gratitude, hope, and also forgiveness of of being able to let go. Because I'm sure you, like me, as a high achiever, have certain beliefs and standards and shoulds of things that you feel like you should have accomplished or should have or should be. And when I think of it like that, oh my God, I want to kick myself because I'm like, holy crap, Kim, look at where you are. Look at you're living in fucking Australia, living the dream by the beach with your laptop, working with your all your clients in the US. Like, holy shit, I want to slap myself with gratitude. And at the same time, when those feelings come up, that is such a recurring pattern for me. It's a reoccurring pattern of shame, of not enoughness, of all those beliefs. And and my coach, Katrina Ruth, she said, you know, some people say it's like new level, new devils. And I know I've said that on the podcast, but she said it's actually new level, same devils. So the devil just shows up in a different 
way. And I don't mean like devil as in technically, you know, some like horned figure. I mean the the belief, the perception, the the feeling, the thought, the thing that niggles at you. And for me, it's it's the thing that always just eats away at my soul is unfulfilled potential. And it's in moments of reflection when I'm like, did I really leave it all on the table? Did I really like go in, go hard, leave it all on the floor, all on the stage? Did I really leave it all on the table or all on the stage? Did I, did I unleash? Did I let it go? Did I just completely surrender in the dance? I mean, if you've ever watched, and I know it's been a while since any of us has, set, has stepped foot into a live theater, but if you've ever watched really, really, really amazing dance. There are certain, I I can't remember what ballets, I can't remember what pieces, but there are certain ones that I have watched in my history of dancing and enjoying the dance and enjoying theater. And there have been some that I'm like, they left it all out there they gave it everything and there's this one piece that I remember from a few years ago and it was these two lovers and it was a a modern a contemporary modern ballet and it's set in the sunset and it just these two go through this depth of intimacy and vulnerability on the stage that there's a part of you that's definitely like I don't know should I be watching this like (laughs) and then there's it's because it's so open it's so vulnerable and I'm not saying in a sexual way I'm just saying they poured so much of their emotion into it that it was it was everything they gave it everything And that to me is completely fulfilled potential. Not not emoting for the sake of emoting, but really pouring everything into the moments of creation and creativity and and the work and the life that you're building and really pouring all in. And it's right around my birthday, invariably, when I check myself and I see how how often was I completely daily leaving it all on the stage where not not a single morsel was there left to give to serve from and I know that just like dance that ability to perform at that level at that intensity requires both practice discipline and rest and sometimes when we're in the space of going and doing and and all of these different roles that we juggle back and forth and especially if you're doing it with all the roles within the span of one household and not leaving that household (laughs) to go outside or to to switch roles to 
get that breather, then it seems like everything kind of bleeds into another. All the colors kind of bleed and it's not like leaving everything on the table. It all kind of looks like undisciplined, sloppy mess. And there are days when I have undisciplined, sloppy mess. Completely own it. There are also days when I fully leave it all on the floor. When it it pours forth from me and there is no stopping. And that's it's not from a sake of lack. It's from a it's from a place of it has been poured through me and there is nothing left. There's nothing left for me to give. And yet there's always more. And it's on those days that my head hits the pillow and I know I lived. I fully, fully fucking lived in that day. No matter what it was that I'm doing. Normally it involves some form of creation. Normally it involves really being present with Declan. Normally it really involves having a deep, profound and end of the night conversation with Spike. Normally it involves all those things. Normally it involves also me taking profound care of my body, being very confident and pushing in the in the cycles at the gym and challenging myself when I'm working out and allowing for that space and that rest and that release and the naps and the meditations and all of it. And sometimes I think as high achievers, we can get into this task list you know, exactly like the list I was going to list out for you today of the 33 things I learned from 33 years on this planet, which is, you know, it's a valid list. I mean, one, you deserve your dream because it's on your heart. Two, dreams need to take root before you share them. Absolutely. Two, you earn it or three, you earn it after you deserve it. Grace, I've done a podcast episode on that. Four, timing counts and surrender your desires and trust that they come in time. Five, trust, faith, and courage are the bedrock of certainty. Six, when you're a family, it's not just you manifesting, it's your team, Spike, Decky, and me. We all manifested this being able to be here in Australia and work from wherever and having my business be able to be at a level where it's, it's able to support all of us and have us thriving and being able to enjoy this time here. Seven, trust your gut, lead with it even if it's crazy. Eight, it's crazy to think that you are smarter than the universe, aka trying to control everything and do it your way. Again, nine, trust. A lot of these are the same. and always goes back to that trust. Trust, and when you doubt and trust again, the universe always catches you. Ten, your life is a testimony for what is possible. Live it well. Eleven, you can't be yourself if you don't know who you are. If you're clouded by other people's identities of who they of who you think you should be for them, you don't know yourself then officially. 12, the phrase, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, this sounds crazy, but let's do it, normally precedes great things. 13, take your meds every day, meditation, exercise, diets, and sleep. That's my meds acronym. 14, blame is the starting point, the shortest distance between you and your ego, and it's the longest distance between you and your vision. 15, being at fault is an ownership. Blaming yourself is an ownership or taking personal responsibility. 16, take 30 seconds and breathe.
would it be awkward if we just did another 10 seconds of just breathing on the podcast? <laughs> like for me, I'm like, would that be awkward just sitting and like listening to me breathe through your stereo system? And yet that's exactly what is, is needed. It's exactly what I did with my client this morning. When you don't know what to, 17, when you don't know what to do, stop doing and pause, breathe and ask for guidance. 18, the greatest question you could ever ask is what do you want? 19, you are only a few questions away from unlocking a whole new you. 20, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. 21, the most dangerous place to be is in the position of unconscious incompetence where you don't know what you don't know, but you don't know that you don't know it. 22 is when I make decisions from 100% certainty, it always works out. 23 is it's not... Uh, is not new level, new devils. It's new level, same devils, like I mentioned earlier. 24, call me an American, but I can still find, I can now finally own the fact that I don't like ranch dressing. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, actually, you guys. That just means there's more for all the ranch dressing lovers out there I finally oh, have to own. Like me and ranch dressing, we ain't friends. It's all good. 25, division is the greatest threat to our society. 26, there is nothing outside of you that will fix you. You have to look from within. 27 is your body is a magnificent blueprint for your mind. 28, the shadows are just as important to acknowledge as the light. 29, let your children teach you it's not a one-way learning streak. 30, done with setting limits because someone said they're so. That was basically a line from Defying Gravity. But that and the other three Idina Menzel songs that have literally defined the past 15 years of my life only one of two of which were written in the past like three years um, which are from Frozen 2 those songs are so powerful Um, and for me music is such a necessity and 31 allow for the ebb and flow of people in your life permanence is an illusion and those that are meant to be with you will be there with you when you need number 32 soul creation is required for fulfillment And number 33, you know, to quote another Idina Menzel song, go into the unknown daily. And so that was my list of 33, and I shared it within the span of like three minutes. But that's, that list can feel so glib and cliche in some ways, because Sometimes when we're listening and we're listening to the podcasts and we're doing the work and we're hearing these things that have been told to us in maybe a multitude of different ways by a multitude of different teachers and we're hearing these things in different ways and yet for some reason it's not landing. It's not clicked. That switch hasn't flicked and we hear it and we know it, and we're constantly in that weird, awkward, funky, frustrating learning space of conscious incompetence, which is a stage after the most dangerous one, which is unconscious incompetence, where you don't know what you don't know. At least at conscious incompetence, you know that you don't know, but you don't know exactly what it is that you don't know, but you at least know that you don't know it. And there's that dance between that space and the other space of conscious competence where you're consciously competent and you're catching yourself and you're doing the practices and you're making the choices and you're seeing the progress, but it just isn't yet a part of your identity. And there are many things that I can definitely say in the past three years I have seen 
and heard and experienced that are now a part of my identity that before used to be being taught from that space of conscious competence, but not necessarily it being 100% who I am and it just being so ingrained that it's just how I naturally think, kind of like my body, right? So to give you an example, um, my body, my body image stuff and bulimia and whatnot, it took me 10 years. And it was in the latter part of that 10 years that I started to really become aware of certain things. And I was listening from a space of trusting that my body would give me answers, kind of like healing that relationship, healing that relationship and trusting that that my body would give me answers and listening to the answers when I would be guided to them. So like when I was guided to start teaching Pilates, that I I listened and I leaned full in and I just said, I have to do this. Like, and when my body has had those full on hell yeses, do it. I have listened and with immediacy made the choice and the decision, just like making making our decision to stay here on the Gold Coast. Because in that space, that is where transformation happens. Now, when I first started teaching Pilates, I never really had imposter syndrome with that, even though I was still battling my own body image stuff because I had a process that I was teaching. I had a process and a tool and a skill set that I was really comfortable with that I knew worked, that I knew, yeah, this 100% works, like this this works and it's works and it serves me and it it's helped me and yes this is this is it and that that certainty was was there to be able to teach but it took time to rebuild the trust where i had that certainty fully with my body and like i said in the beginning new level same devils is not that I've ever gone back to being bulimic because that just ain't happening. Like that totally different person than that person. However, there are things in my life and in in my business um, that I haven't yet fully owned or claimed, I guess, that bother me to my core that I haven't, that they haven't clicked yet. That absolutely bother me to my core that they haven't clicked. Like high ticket sales, totally clicked. I could do that all day. I could do that all day, every day. And I, I do. And I work with my $15,000, $18,000, dollars clients all day long. High ticket sales, no problem. My book, on the other hand, that has been a trust rebuilding exercise. That has been a relationship. And it's a specific relationship with my book that I literally today had it click. Holy shit. I have had the same sort of non-committal side chick relationship with my book that I rail against other people having with their businesses when they're trying to start a business, but I've had that as defining myself fully as an author. And yeah, am I a best-selling co-author of a book? Yeah, I totally contributed to a best-selling Amazon book. The thing is, 
is that that never really felt like mine. So I contributed to it, sure. But it was published by other people. It was published by uh, friends of mine. And it, you know, they put everything together. And this, for some reason, feels like it's 100% being birthed from me, through me. Just like my, my body was birthed 100% from me, through me. Because I had to relearn how to commit to my body, how to show up for it just like every relationship. And that's exactly what I'm teaching in my book, except for I haven't been fully living into it as I had for my body. So for example, like with my body, I show up for it. I listen to it. If she says she needs something, I'm there. Like recently she's been saying she needs some hot water with lemon. And so I'm like, okay, there's something in my solar plexus chakra that I got to deal with because a lot of times the um, the foods that your body will kind of hint to you to eat are the things that are needed for you for like certain chakras. So I find that when I f- am feeling like down or low, like especially back in May or June of this past year, when I was going through and, you know, openly shared that I went through some PTSD, um, that I recognize that when I feel those feelings of depression, I have I, I actually crave my body craves greens and that really is activating that heart chakra. So that's the the green heart chakra. And so I'm craving like leafy kale salad. Every every meal I had had greens in it. And same same recently, like I still love I, I just period love having greens with everything. I feel very weird if I don't have greens on my plate. Um but Recently, my body has been saying lemon, solar plexus. I'm like, okay, cool. There's something in my solar plexus chakra, something where I feel like I'm being punched in the gut, perhaps by myself, as us high achievers tend to do, that I need to allow for some healing in space. And one of the things that I saw was the pattern, the similar devil of that funky side chick, not all in relationship. And then, and yet saying, no, I'm all in. No, I'm really committed to this. And it was like my, um, my history with dieting in my body and in, in back when I, in my teenage years, like I'd be like, yes, I'm committed to my body. Yes, sure, sure. I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, of course I'm taking care of myself. Um, but meanwhile, I'd be downing bottles of laxatives or like puking my guts out or, you know, binge eating on whatever. Um, and that was, that was how I would handle it. And so I saw that my level of commitment and discipline for actually getting this book done is one that I had to, A, surrender and forgive and really eat that bite of grace and forgiveness that this has been like just writing this book and remembering what I went through and reliving it. Lots of parts of my life that I forgot that were coming up as I was going as I was writing made this book not so attractive because there's some shit I'd rather have left in the past (laughs) right and sometimes I get annoyed with myself at at the at the the I'm like really I'm talking about this this still emotionally affects me this stupid thing of somebody you know bullying me in middle school really really I'm a 33 year old woman really this writing this chapter the emotions are coming up for this 
And a part of me wants to laugh at myself and a part of me wants to offer that great amount of forgiveness and say, look, you know, this obviously needed to be brought to light for healing. So sure, I may not be having the same physical reaction as I used to have back in my teenage years of of doing harmful things to my body, but has there been an avoidance to writing about it, to actually sharing about certain things? And I'm not sharing it at, 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 from a negative space. Like that's the one thing that I want to make sure of, that I share from it from a very loving space so that, but also from a space that's relatable that's, and not in a way of like trying to be relatable, but just allowing myself to fully feel it and remember what it felt like to be in that space with my body. Because now I'm not in that space with my body. But I did get into that space with my book and with writing about it and with bringing it back and putting myself back there in order to allow for the healing of other people. That has been challenging. That's really been challenging. And I think that's one of the things that is the, the thing that I'm headed into this next birthday with is that a I learned my lesson that to circle back to to statement number two of the lesson is that dreams need to take root before you share them is that this book I may have been talking about it prematurely maybe that was from a place of ego maybe that was from a place of just ambition maybe that was from a place of you know really wanting to be of service but at the same time, it's like there's a feeling when a dream that you have takes root. It's a feeling of absolute certainty. And I know this because I had the same feeling when I was pregnant. So when I was pregnant, I didn't tell anyone I was trying to get pregnant. I didn't tell any, like the only person I talked to was my very dear friend, Abigail Reagan, who I had on, I think, episode seven or eight of this podcast. She was a a client of mine and then I was a client of hers and she actually helped with preparing my body to have a baby and it was her and then Spike. That was all who knew. My mom didn't know. I didn't share with anybody that that was what I was going for because I did not have certainty yet that I could get pregnant I didn't have that certainty I had still had doubt I thought well you know I'd I'd had done so many things to my body that had not been healthy or helpful for years that I was I was scared that it would be an issue it would be a challenge and I remember when I was on the massage table of of my sister from another mister, Heather Harris, who I also had on, I think it was episode 10 of this podcast, who is a fantastic massage therapist. Um, and I was on her table and two weeks before I conceived, two weeks before I conceived, she predicted Declan. Like that's the power, that just goes back to the power of the body. Like your body, it has, there are vibrations and fields and forces that we are not aware of until we are and then it's like holy crap that's like you how did you know and she just has a very in tune intuitive awareness of certain things and she predicted two weeks before I gave birth or I got I even conceived Declan but I didn't 
really I wasn't advertising to anyone that I was looking to get pregnant trying to get pregnant because I don't believe in that word try um and we ended up conceiving like two like on month two of of giving it a go but even with that I wasn't sharing openly about being pregnant until it had taken root until like we saw the ultrasound and then when we saw the ultrasound and we saw you know we got had our first meeting with the midwife and all that that was when I was like okay cool now we can now we can openly share this news because there was root there was certainty in it and the same was true with the certainty that I had with giving birth to Declan naturally like I knew I'd wanted to you know get pregnant I was like 90 percent there nine I would say 95 percent there with having an all-natural birth and as soon as I found out I was pregnant there was something inside me that literally it felt like it clicked it felt like it absolutely clicked and I was like oh yeah there's no other way to do it like burn all the boats that's that's we're having this baby naturally like that's what I'm doing and as as soon as I said that, as soon as I make a decision that is a hardcore, hard and fast, hell yes, this is happening decision, doubters from around the world in, in on the social spheres come into my awareness, which is great because it always gives me the awareness that, okay, cool, I'm on the right, I'm on my aligned track. I'm not, you know, living into somebody else's vision of what, my pregnancy should be or you know what my vision should be the same was true was when I Spike and I decided to stay in the Gold Coast and I remember the conversation that we had and he was like 90 I think he was like 90% there of making this decision and I said look I'll tell you where I'm at I'm at 100% I'm at 100% certain that this is the right thing to do I said but it is not just me staying in the Gold Coast it is us it is us as a family and I said, if you are not at, at 100%, then we go back. If you're at 100%, then we stay. And it will be the best thing that ever happened to us. But if you're not at 100%, certainty of that. And 100% means that dream is, has taken root. It is implanted in the ground. And that tree is growing, period. Period. And... It's in that space that when I make decisions, 100% of the time it works out. The same was true with when I decided to close my Pilates studio. And I had not really had that that dream fully, fully realized. I was still trying to vacillate and dance between managing and having two businesses at the same time and seeing how I could grow both. And I literally was on the phone with my lawyer talking about okay, how do I maintain this studio? Like, how can we start hiring some employees so that I don't have to be there? And as soon as I got off the phone, that was when I got the email from my landlord that who said, hey, Kim, um, giving you a heads up. I know you just had a baby. Like, I need you to leave. <laughs> I was like, what? And she's like, I'm expanding my accounting practice. I need you to, I, I need the space. And uh Thanks for being a loyal tenant for the time that you were. And I was like, okay, there's my sign from the universe. I was basically like forced or kicked to make, to say like, hey, this, this dream of crown yourself has taken root. Let it be the one. Water this tree. 
no need to waste your water on the dying branches of another one. Like no need to waste your water on something that doesn't fulfill you and doesn't fill you up and that's going to hold you back. And so grateful, so grateful that I did that. Because then we went off to Australia for the first time and we're able to travel and I didn't have any worries and I was booking clients constantly and like it's been able to grow and I've been able to, to do what I love from all around the world. And I would have felt so tied to a city that I don't even really love. Like has like LA has very much lost its magic for me. And both Spike and I agree with that. Um, and for various reasons. And that being able to be in a place that is so inspiring. Like the Gold Coast just inspires the hell out of me. I feel like I'm illuminated here. I feel so happy. I feel so blessed. And so when I go through these moments of like reflection and like deep-seated reflection and pensiveness of of healing, which the Gold Coast does also bring forth in me, which is great because it's I'm in a space where it's totally safe to heal. Like there's no attachment to any place. There's no really attachment to really anything here. And that's what one of the things I love about our life and the life that we've created but it's in that it's in that space that because there's no attachment then then there is only for me to look at the beliefs and the stuff within which sometimes via attachment we can avoid right we can avoid that from through other things but in order to really cut the cords for those beliefs and those things and those feelings that are no longer serving me it means that I got to look at them and that meant that I had to look at this book that has been something that I've wanted to release, challenged myself to release, pushed, and every time I set a deadline, I feel like I fucking fail it. And I hate that because everything else that I set a deadline for, pretty much I'm, I'm nailing it. Like when I said I'm going to business mastery and I'm paying all in cash from our from our savings of like being able to do that and just drop 10 grand just here you go not even have it be have it have to be on a credit card in any way shape or form like I knew that there was a deadline and I made it and I made it happen and I had a hundred percent certainty the thing is is that with this book it had never really taken root and so for me I am going to shut up about it. Not saying it's not coming out. It is. But I'm going to shut up about it and I'm going to allow it to unfold and have it be what it needs to be for those who need it. And I think for me, the process of allowing it to be what it is, allowing it to serve in the way that it can and and will serve is exactly what's necessary. So is it? Will it? Absolutely. But I'm done announcing self-imposed restrictions on it And here's why. Because that's exactly what I did with my body. I would set some random date by when I needed to be 
X amount of pounds and I would push and I would work and then I would get closer to that date and then I would hit that date and I wouldn't be there. And it was from a place of push and force and not aligned. And while I'll be the first to tell my clients to you know set their deadlines and get their stuff done, at the same time, there is a balance. And sometimes when a project isn't coming to fruition, it's about how do you allow for that space? How do you create that space? so that it can just be and evolve perfectly without form into the form that it needs to be. And how do I know that this writing process is exactly what I need? Because I did it with my first screenplay. I had and I held the vision for what I saw that the film could be. And within the first draft, I wrote the first draft in two weeks and my producers were shocked. They're like, we've never seen anyone write a full feature film in two weeks. And yet, because I didn't give them these hard and fast, like, let me prove to you how awesome and talented a writer I am by doing it in two weeks. I ran into problems because I so, I I was able to prove to them two weeks that suddenly they were expecting that and some there were some times where I was like guys sometimes it's going to take two weeks sometimes it's going to take two months fortunately it didn't take two years but I had to realize my own writing process and that's what this book has allowed me to do is to realize my own process of mindfulness and creation and not being in a space of have to because when I have to when I have feel like I have to do anything it feels like a burden it feels like a chore it feels nauseating it it doesn't feel good and the book is all about how do you feel good in your body and how can I write it from the space when I'm not feeling good about writing it So is the book coming out? Yes. The date is undetermined. It is coming out though. So what does this mean? Just like with the lessons of the book, patience, kindness, tapping into the feelings of what it is you want to feel on a daily basis. Not just, not what it is you think you have to do to achieve certain sort sort of goal and whatever and whatnot and live by this like linear standard of living that isn't life at all. But what do you have to do to feel that? How can you f- focus in on the feeling beyond the result? Because really, when I checked in, the feeling, in the past at least, has been pride. And I had to recognize that within myself. The pride of, you know, being praised as being such a glorious prowess of prose. And yet, that means it lost the service. And that's not the feeling that I'm going for. 
And so I share this with you because unfulfilled potential is a feeling. It's a feeling. Potential is a feeling. And what if instead of the potential and this this work toward an achievement and then we get the feeling, what if we instead adopted, accepted, claimed the feeling of living our full potential in the moment? Instead of it being something that is out there, beyond us, apart from us, what if we just got really fucking present with the moment and the potential of the moment? Because that's really all we have. No next breath is guaranteed. No next day is guaranteed. No next birthday or year is. But we do have this moment to live into our potential and to choose to do differently. To choose to say, okay, is this a moment of potential where I can live into this? Or am I just delaying and dawdling around with just some random doing to make me feel like I'm going to one day live into my potential? But really, let's be honest, it's really productive procrastination. So choose now to live into your potential of this moment of this next moment, of the next hour, of the next, you know, 20 minutes. What does living into your potential, if you only had 20 minutes to live into your potential, what would you fully allow yourself to feel and be? And I guarantee that will translate into what you do. So, with that being said, happy birthday DMs are fully accepted up in my inbox. (laughs) And I love you all so much. Thank you so much for being loyal listeners of this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for opening up your hearts and your mind to me. And I am so honored for your ears. It has been a blessing this past year and a half of having this podcast and having you come with me along the journey. And I am so excited for this next year of being so present, of being in the moment with the potential that we all have for greatness, which is right now. And that happens when we choose something that requires courage, that requires a little bit of courage. And it courage doesn't have to be this big, massive, sweeping thing of a gigantic, you know, active whatever. It can be small. 
It can be just cho- a courageous act can literally be choosing to put the laptop away and sit on the floor and play with your kids and sit in the unknown of like, I don't know what my toddler is saying to me, but I'm just going to sit here and like let him point for me to th- have things to do. And I'm going to be in this moment of quality time with him. Courage can be allowing yourself to take a nap. Courage can be sending that one email to that one prospect that you've kind of been delaying on actually sending. Courage can be asking your friends and family to support you in your business. Courage can be choosing to be brave and just literally consciously taking five seconds to make the choice to ask the question of what would my next brave, most soul-aligned move be. Courage could be posting that thing that you're scared will give you hate and judgment on Facebook, but it is your truth. Courage could be signing a petition. Courage could be recording a podcast that scares the shit out of you because you just cried right before and yet you still chose to lean in and do it. Hi. Courage could be anything. Courage could be having a conversation with your husband about needing more support. But ask yourself, check in, because your potential requires courage and it requires clarity. So clarity, I've found personally, is best when asking for guidance. And then, instead of saying, I don't know, I don't know what would it would, I don't know. Instead of saying, I don't know, leaning in and saying, well, what if I did know? And then waiting in that comfortable into the unknown unknown of waiting for an answer and allowing yourself five minutes to sit and receive it rather than just going on to the next thing that you can busy yourself with. That is the next level of intentionality. That is the next level of living into your potential moment by moment. With that being said, I am so excited for your potential and for what you are going to unleash in this next year. I know that together, this next year is going to be one of the greatest years of all time, period, because it's only allowed to get better. Like It just gets better. Um, and if this past year has been a struggle and a challenge for you, then the best is yet to come. I promise it gets better. Keep doing the work. Keep leaning in. Keep going through those unco- those conscious incompetence and conscious competence learning stages that feel so fucking awkward and they feel clunky and messy and frustrating. And yet when you fall in love with that learning process and allowing yourself for the learning and for the receiving, it changes the game for what how you show up and the results that you get. So I thank you for being with me on this journey. I thank you for allowing me to support you on yours. As always, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.